Hello, everyone. Welcome to this UL podcast. We're looking today at PhD students and the kind of work and research that they do. I'm very happy to be joined by Mariana Silva. So, Mariana, thank you for taking the time uh, from your schedule to be with us today to tell us about your research and about your PhD. And could you give us a little, little bit of background about yourself and what you do? Thanks, sir, for uh, receiving me. So my name is Mariana and I'm 26 years old and I'm from Coimbra, Portugal. I received a master's degree in biomedical instrumentation and biomaterials from the University of Coimbra in 2018. And during my master's, I became passionate about research and I wanted to keep working on it. But at, at the same time, I explore different fields. So outside of uh, the theme that I did my master's on. So therefore, I worked in different research groups, so in microbiology, immunology, physics and world heritage in different countries. So I started in Portugal, but then went to Spain and also in, to Sweden. And at the end, one thing became clear. So regardless of the field, I always enjoyed being in the, in the lab, running my experiments, analyzing the results and finding new questions to answer. Uh, However, at the same time, I had never tried uh, something different besides research, and I didn't know if I was uh, losing something that would fulfill me even more than research. You never know. So with that end, I worked at a technological consulting company for some months, and it became clear that that was not for me. <laughs> so research was certainly my future, and that's why I'm here now. Uh, Excellent. So yeah. So just in terms of you know why you choose to do a phd it's obvious that you have a passion for for research but what what was it that motivated you to do a phd so when i started imagining myself in my future so what i would picture myself in the future in the lab working maybe in academia as a lecturer or in industry as a scientist i i started noticing that for all of these pictures um, and if I wanted to keep working on research uh, long term in the future a PhD would cross my path uh, so then I say okay this is something that will allow me to achieve me and uh, achieve what I want to so I started for looking for projects that were related with the nanotechnology, tissue engineering, biomaterials, pharmaceutical technology, so the fields that I was most interested in. And then, yeah, and, and then I chose one. Great. Yeah. And t tell us, Mariana, why specifically the University of Limerick? So uh, it's not only the University of Limerick because I received the Marie Curie Fellowship, and so it's a consortium. We have uh, different institution, institutions that belong to this consortium. So University of Limerick is one of them. Also Trinity College of Dublin, the TU Dortmund and Janssen Pharmaceutica. So because it's uh, more of an industrial PhD, although it's like a, a normal PhD in terms of uh, curricular terms, um, uh, we have to spend half of it in industry. So at Janssen in Belgium and the other half in academia. So when it came to choose the academia part, I chose to spend uh, most part of it in uh, the University of Limerick. Um, 
And also because I was going to work uh, in SSPC in the group of Sarah Hudson and it has a great reputation and the different projects being developed there and right now are the future. So they are promising in, uh, in to give and to deliver for the community and they are following the most recent trends on the different fields. Also, the awareness of the importance of collaboration between SSPC and the industry in Ireland and worldwide captivated my attention. So overall, I think this is one of the most interesting aspects of this program. And also in SSPC overall, if you do a PhD there, you said combines both academia and industry and gives you the skills that are needed for both. And then you can make a more uh, a better decision in terms of your future because you have tried both worlds and then you know where you fit uh, more and your value values drive you so yeah excellent and tell us what are you working on right now and you know do you have a big milestone or your next big milestone in terms of your research okay so i'm going to give a brief overview of my project because i think that's quite interesting. And so uh, my project aims to develop a new generation of long acting injectables. So this means that instead of taking a certain drug, a drug in the oral form uh, every day, the drug is injected. So you give, uh, your, it's like a vaccine, but it's like a usual drug. And due to the properties uh, of those particles that you inject, the drug is, is released during a certain number of months instead of taking a daily pill. So this will help the patient's outcome uh, since it provides more engagement with the treatment. So they don't forget to take it because it will last okay. for a certain period of time. And at the same time, we are ensuring that the therapeutic dose is being received by the patient um, every day. Also, uh, these... Uh, method of um, giving the pharmaceuticals um, can be extrapolated to a variety of areas. Uh, so it has a broad range of applications such as contraception, treatment, uh, control of psychological disorders uh, such as schizophrenia, also for TB because it's a chronic disease basically, cancer, uh, among others. Uh, furthermore, it would be really critical for low income countries to get uh, this kind of um, technology in the pharmaceuticals because then we would be securing a better health care without requiring a lot of resources so human and financial and actually uh, bill, bill and melinda gates foundation are already using these uh, liquid anti um, long-acting injectables contraceptives in africa and it's helping women to play a more central role in their economies uh, by contributing towards women empowerment because uh, having a lot of kids <laughs> after the other doesn't give them time for uh, much else and so since i came to limerick i'm uh, trying to develop a new technology to build them from really a small scale to the size that we want to then get the release that we are aiming for and to check if at the end, um, the things that I will be doing here in Limerick will be better than what the industry uh, currently offers. Yeah. 
Okay, excellent. That's great. And could you tell us, you know, just in terms of, say, a typical day working on your research, what would that consist of? I know so many days are very different, but kind of a, if you could uh, <laughs> uh, conceptualize a typical day, what might that uh, look like? Okay, so now in COVID is a little bit more trickier, uh, but uh, right now we are working for shifts in the lab. So, uh, in the mornings, I'm in the lab doing my experiments and sometimes I plan everything super carefully. So I already go to the lab with a plan and other times I just have an idea that I want to try. And then according to the to the results that I'm getting, I will say, oh, OK, now I will try this next and see what I get and then build from from that. Um, in the afternoon, usually I analyze my data uh, to check if there are in any interesting trends and things that I would like to test the other day. I also have meetings with my supervisors and uh, my other colleagues to keep them up to date with my results, my future plans. Also, by discussing the result, my results and others, other colleagues' results, we can have uh, more ideas for our PhD and also develops our critical thinking that I think it's um, super important. Uh, I also read scientific <laughs> articles. That's a big part of the PhD, and uh, especially when you are starting to write your own uh, papers for publishing, that is a critical point and even to be up to date what other people are doing uh, in your field. And uh, also, sometimes I also have trainings, so uh, Jensen sometimes gives us trainings on new techniques or sometimes we just have discussions about the uh, problems that are appearing in some of the pharmaceuticals and how we can talk, uh, tackle them. Yeah, so it's quite, uh, it can vary a lot, but usually this is kind of the structure, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And you know, you were talking about your your research, and it sounds really, really fascinating. That whole area of of um, injectables. And uh, I was wondering, could you describe maybe a time when you encountered some kind of problem, you know, or challenge in your in your PhD research, and how you approached it, and and hopefully overcame that that challenge? Yeah. So actually, last week, all kind of recipes that I've been mm -hmm. developing so far years all stopped working like everything that had been working so far just stopped I don't know why like it was exactly the same solutions I was putting in new vials like there was not kind of contamination so I was like something is going on so like I checked my logbook to see if I did anything different and it didn't seem to be doing anything different mm -hmm. And I prepare solutions all over again. And uh, so I think that the most important is not to become too much obsessed because I know that is a problem and we need to fix it, but just take it uh, day by day. And then see the things that we can try and change to see where the problem is coming from. And then I realized that uh, because now we are all obsessed around time, since we have limited time in the lab, I optimize the process by pivoting uh, a lot of times in a row and that was the, the thing that was making things not working. So also not be rushed for sure. Yeah. So just take your time and doing um, your experiments and sometimes you just have to take some distance, uh, take a step back and uh, then try things that might have 
gone wrong and then one day at a time. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And uh, in terms of, we hear so much these days um, in terms of research about impact, you know, and the impact that your research, you know, can have on, you know, whether it's within the discipline or whether it's within wider society. And just when you were talking about your research, it's obvious that, you know, you can see the and you've you've outlined some of the cases in which, you know, your research can have an impact. But if you were to, you know, describe just in briefly, you know, what kind of what you hope your the impact of your research is going to have, what do you think, you know, that might be? What? So definitely. If it would be possible that the technique that I'm developing right now to produce the long-acting injectables uh, to be scalable for industry, that would have like a big impact because that would not also benefit the industry by itself because it's much more eco-friendly, environmental friendly, mm. it doesn't consume as much energy as the current methods that they are using uh, now. It's also for the patients since we are avoiding potential contamination by metals and mm. uh, the properties of these the particles produced by these techniques promise to be better than the current properties of uh, the microparticles that we can get from top-down approach. Overall, it was uh, transformed the process of making long-acting injectables to a meta uh, that can be much more tailored towards the chemicals, but also the patient's needs. And I think that's uh, the most important one uh, because now you have like um, a, a broader range of things that you can change in order to get what you want for the patient's needs. So, yeah. And also not forget that the main goal of long-acting injectables is to, to in the final point is to help the patient is uh, so that he can cure himself or just um, keep his condition controlled and uh, to provide this technology to everyone. So making things more affordable to everyone is not only for first world countries, but worldwide. And I think that is a concern that uh, it's becoming, people are becoming more aware of. We can not only focus on top countries, but also in everyone to get access to, um, to healthcare. So I think this would also help uh, in that. Yeah, excellent. And tell us, Mariana, um, about your own career. You know, what what do you envisage? I knew you talked about, you know, uh, having the options of, of, you know, of academia and industry. But what kind of career aspirations do you have for yourself, you know, after you graduate? Or what, what okay. would you aspire to? <laughs> that is a really good question. And it's a really tricky question. I think uh, uh, there are a lot of memes in uh, PhD students groups that is like when people ask you that question, you just go, oh, and <laughs> you don't know how to answer. Uh, but I think that um, like right now I'm creating my own path towards what the image that I have is like, because it's not like I cannot picture myself doing a specific thing. Like I imagine myself in the lab for sure, <laughs> but not in a specific context. Uh, but um, basically, I, I want to keep working in science and being able to build something that will help other people's well-being and quality of life. That's my main goal. But also keep, keep being a bridge between academia and industry 
because I think that healthcare can only advance um, and give its best if both work together. Mm. So I, I, I plan to be kind of both sides <laughs> if, uh, if that's possible, because also uh, I, there are a lot of academics. So my supervisor, Sara, has a lot of connections with industry and my supervisor from industry has a lot of connections with uh, academia too. So um, I, I still don't know which side, uh, but I won't be only in one side. <laughs> I will have yeah. my foot uh, in on both some way and also uh, like with all of this pandemic, I started to gain more interest in global health. Uh, so maybe I can also combine a social purpose, a more social driven purpose with my career aspirations in terms of scientists. Yeah. Okay, great. And um, what do you think, you know, you've outlined there, you know, how exciting and just how, you know, cutting edge the research is. And I know that you mentioned your, your supervisor, Sarah Hudson, and she's worked with people like, um, uh, uh, Professor Robert Langer, I think is his name, over in Massachusetts yeah, yeah. Institute of Technology, who I think is considered like the Einstein of medicine. And I think he came to UL yeah. a couple of, a few years ago to um, open um, one element or one unit of the of the Bernal Institute. So I, I imagine that working with somebody like Sarah must be really, really exciting. And I guess that's what my next question would lead on to. You know, what are the advantages perhaps of doing a PhD, perhaps compare, you know, having seen industry and having worked in industry yourself, uh, how, what do you think would be the advantages of doing a PhD compared to, for example, you know, a typical, uh, a, a typical job for someone with your current qualifications? So I think that uh, when I see my colleagues that study the same as me in their current jobs, I think that there is a lot of uh, a daily routine that is always the same and that uh, was something that I wouldn't like for, uh, for my daily life at least. And also because uh, biomedical engineering is such a recent subject here in Europe, the right jobs that we would look for are not there yet. So, so yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a little bit of uh, a lowest point. So that's why I also decided to do a PhD. And as you said, there are such inspiring people like uh, Sara has done a great job. The person that inspires her is like a great inspiration. And then also from uh, Janssen, you see um, uh, Paul Stoffels that is is uh, uh, working at Janssen and he has worked so many years in HIV. And when you think of the history of the life of these people and even like the role that they are playing in the lives of so many people, even uh, it's amazing. And I don't think you get the same uh, kind of driven force when you are working in um, a setting that is not related to science and events mm. and trying to make the world going to a better place. So um, it's just like, you have the freedom to do everything. You have the freedom to learn. You have the freedom to ask any questions without sending them or anything because like everything is acceptable and you met so you meet so many people from different countries different backgrounds and all of that just broadens your horizon more than any experience that um, that you can have uh, so i think it's just um like 
and and you feel that you are part of something bigger not just part of the machine that is working towards a bigger goal you feel that you are working for the better world and i think that in the end that's uh, what we all want is that the world becomes a better place with our help so and sometimes of course we are not going to have good results every day we are not um going uh, it's ups and downs but we are trying and we are going and we have people uh, like sarah Rene, and lydia so just mention my supervisor that even when things are not uh, going as expected they can always help me out and lift me up and say mariana tomorrow is the next day let's go and do it and uh, just keep you excited about science and i i don't think that you can uh, feel that um in a lot of uh, jobs uh, so that's why I, i'm doing my phd and after my phd i want to keep this excitement about science and uh, keep working probably in r d and do some new things like every day things that no one has ever done before so yeah okay fantastic and just a last question mariana um what advice would you give to someone then who's thinking of doing a phd <laughs> okay uh, so in first place be sure that you want to mm. do it don't feel forced to do mm. it uh, because uh, before this project, I've had other opportunities to start a PhD. Uh, but only last year I felt uh, and I was sure that the PhD was what I really wanted to do. And I think that is quite important to be sure that you want to do it. Don't start just because it's, it's an option, but because it's it's really tough to be on a PhD because it's like a 24-7 job almost. Uh, you are always thinking about uh, science, <laughs> if possible. So I think you should really uh, be sure that you want it and be passionate about the subject that you are choosing and uh, be aware of uh, what your work can be to others. So have an idea, okay, I want to do this, I want to study that so that in the end I can reach that. I can help other people or I can produce knowledge in this area or I can bring awareness for a certain thing. So see um, practical application of the knowledge that you are um, that you are creating to your community and to the world. Um, and sometimes when you have uh, and you are going to have one of those days when everything goes wrong, that's what keep a person going. If you're not sure or if you lack purpose, uh, it's going to be harder, but not impossible. You can still do a PhD if you're not passionate about it. It's just going to be harder and also be open to learn and to unlearn. <laughs> Because there are things that to learn that are wrong, then you have to learning from the beginning to try and to fail. Uh, that's how science uh, is made, and to keep it going. Uh, those uh, are all steps uh, are part of the journey. And so, if you are ready to embrace all of these ups and downs, is because this might be your path. So just go for it. Yeah. Excellent. That's really great, Mariana. Mariana, thank you for some. Uh, it was so enlightening and it was such a pleasure to speak to you. So I'll just say in your own native tongue, I'll say mutu prazer e mutu, mutu obrigada. Uh, thank you so much, Jerry. Muito obrigada também. 
Yeah. Uh, it was a really pleasure to um, to share my experience because uh, I was in that position of not knowing if uh, I wanted to do a, PR, a PhD or not and asking stuff to other people that were doing what I imagined myself doing. It's always helpful. So it was a pleasure to be to be here. Thank Great. you so much, Jer. Thank yeah. you so much, Maliana. Take care and best of luck with the rest of your research. <laughs> Thank you so your much. Future career. See you soon. Bye, Maliana. Bye. Bye-bye.